2: hey there next fans how are you doing just keep keep getting louder I keep getting louder every week because why not? Um, It is your boy John of the Macri with you for another episode of the Knicks Film School podcast. I want you to take a second as I prepare to introduce my co-host, my glorious co-host. He, I'm going to instruct him to do this too. Give yourself a pat on the back because you, if you are listening to this podcast or hosting this podcast, I suppose you root for a team that has home court advantage in the fucking NBA playoffs how you doing (laughs) Jeremy Cohen the one and only you we started this shit when they were winning 17 fucking games (laughs) and we start I I think I think this is what I think this is what Drake I don't know what Drake's last name is does he have a last name probably not yeah he's not
3: I mean he's not like the queen
2: (laughs) he's got a last name is he a royal we? Um, I think this is what they were saying when they said, "Started from the bottom," and now what? We here. We here. We are here. Hello, Jeremy. Hello, John. How are you? Uh, I'm feeling. I'm feeling great. Um, it, t- today was uh, so we're recording this at at five oh nine uh, p.m. After the Knicks, um, <laughs> what else would we expect from them? After the Knicks uh, really tried to make this one interesting at the end, uh, but but did um, defeat the Boston Celtics uh, C and a half squad, C minus squad, to emerge with a, a four point victory, thus securing the fourth seed in the Eastern Conference and a matchup with the Atlanta Hawks. Um, but, uh, I've had a little while to recover uh, from that. Um, I took a little break after the live stream to build a sandcastle with my older daughter. It was an ugly ass sandcastle, much like much of this season (laughs) for the Knicks. It's been ugly. (laughs) It's been ugly, (laughs) but they get the job done. Um, Jeremy, some opening thoughts from you. (laughs) I I, I wish I was a little louder. In case you, if you're not watching, you probably can't tell. Jeremy just opened
3: a, um, beverage. We'll get Andrew to amplify that. I'm sure he can he can make it like so loud that people are gonna regret that he's the went. whiz. Um God, that was really awful. The game. It was great, but everything about it was I, awful. I <laughs> mean was it, terrible. It, in so many ways it was uh, a microcosm of this entire season. You, you stole my it?
1: fucking bit at the Oh my god, I was going well, that
2: bit.
3: This well,
1: is
2: what you tell your co host about the bit beforehand. That's all right, I'm gonna think of a new bit. That's all right. Uh
3: it's yeah, fine. it's <laughs> sorry, John. <laughs> it's okay. you're rolling um no just the idea of i mean it kind of reversed in the sense of like well no i'll stick with it yeah stick with it the idea of this team where it's like kind of close keeping things at bay but then all of a sudden they just go on this great run and then you think hey we got this we can we can maybe sit back and then it's like oh no things are pretty stressful right now and they prevail and I would much, much rather take this than the idea of, oh, you know, like a fake comeback, the patented mm. fake Knicks comebacks that we've seen over the years. But it just felt – it feels good. It feels so good. And I got to say, I was reading through your newsletters and especially the ones where fans wrote about how they have felt over the last eight years, and it's staggering to think how much of my life has changed, and for the better, over – these eight years, but just everything that has happened in that time and to see people uplifted and feeling joyous about a basketball team that was projected to be among the worst in the NBA. And instead of finishing maybe with the fourth best record before the lottery, it's the fourth best record in the conference. And I just, everything about it makes me so happy. And um, it's wonderful I, with all these injuries, with COVID, with everything new coach. I'm in awe. I'm in love. I'm in love.
2: Um, I think I had a, I think I had a, a girl say that to me once. You're, you're not in love with me. You're in awe of me. <laughs> or maybe I said that to a, I don't know. Anyway. um, Did it work wait, out? No, it didn't work out. Okay. Um, Thankfully. Um,
3: (laughs) I think I see the look on
2: Andrew's face. I have it on speaker view. So Andrew's face isn't big, but it looks like he wants me to talk about anything other than what I was. Okay. He's nodding. That's not. Okay. Um, I'm going to ask you, Jeremy, (laughs) I'll say first. um, So eight years ago when the Knicks last made the playoffs, um, I, we we should say where we were um i was um first starting to date my wife who i was not talking about a moment ago um we she had never watched uh basketball um up until the 2012 13 season which we we started dating um in the middle of that season probably right around the all-star break and we started going to this little crappy bar um watching the games on usually on the weekends and then we migrated over to applebees and then um it was, it was crazy because I think it hooked her to basketball because she had always been baseball, football. Um, But then as the years went by, she like, she's like, not that she quite like, I think there were times where she was actually like mad at me. Like, why do you give so much attention to this team? And she's never said that she's never said those words, but it's like, When we're, you know, when, you know, couples, couples have fights sometimes and, you know, a a line that she has gone to a few times is like, you care more about this fucking basketball team than you, you know, do, she doesn't curse at me, but she's, it's implied. She's like, you care about this, this stupid basketball team. And it's like, yeah, because yeah i do i care a lot about this stupid basketball team um and now we're here and she's hooked back again and it's been great
3: and um and now we're here where where were you uh eight years ago eight years ago i was graduating high school (laughs) so if that one makes both of you or any of you listening feel on the older side uh yeah eight years ago man it was uh i was living the life we had senioritis full-fledged senioritis uh you know Got into college. That was fun. Accepted. Um, House money. Yep, exactly. Um, I went to the Knicks Celtics game. It was unfortunately one they lost. That was actually my graduation present. That was, I think it was like Same 88, five. 85. And yeah. something along those lines, Jr. hit a three as time expired and it really didn't matter. Um, but yeah, it, it's um, it's funny you say that because with uh, with your wife. Because I've been dating my girlfriend since 2014. Okay, And I've always kind of like joked with her, like, you know, I haven't seen a Knicks playoff victory or let alone make it to the playoffs since we've started dating. I'm not saying, but I'm not not saying what the deal is. And (laughs) I'm sure she loved that. And I'm sure she loves probably hearing that from the other room. And if I am no longer alive tomorrow, you know why you are all my alibi or my witnesses. So, um, Yeah, it's just crazy how much has changed. I can drive a rental car now, John. I I don't have health. I'm not on my parents' health insurance plan. That's how much has changed since then.
2: I was going to... All I want to say, because she can't hear you, is... So, I think now this
3: means you need to get engaged. Okay, but see, she listens to this podcast. Because that's the other thing. I have turned her into a bit of a Knicks fan to the point where we're having conversations. And she'll say things where I'm like, yes, you... So you it's should not,
2: propose while she's listening to the pod. I think this is the way this is good. OK, we're we're getting off the rails anyway. OK, so here's the bit that Jeremy stole from me. I was going to say, actually, because we usually uh, start off uh, our podcast with a little week in review, which we're not doing this week because we're just going to do kind of like a season in review, which is a segue here, Um, because like this past week in so many ways to me was representative this season because by any metric, by any metric, if you had asked someone before the Clippers game, right, how will you feel if the Knicks finish the season 4-1 and one and against the Lakers, they lose by, what do they lose to the Lakers? Uh, I have it right here. I should probably just read the stupid thing. Um, they lose by two points to the Lakers. Um like, how would you feel about that? Like, no other questions asked, you would have been. Like, oh, oh, by the way, and the Knicks are the fourth seed in the playoffs because of they just went four and one. You would have just been like, what? There's what world is this where I could possibly be disappointed or upset or like anything other than ecstatic? And yet, if you actually lived in this week, you were like, oh my god, that Lakers game destroyed my soul. And um, they, you know, almost blew the game against the Spurs uh, several times, and then the Hornets game went into overtime, and then today against <laughs> the fucking Celtic. So, <laughs> so it's like you no, know, but you go back through this next season, and it's funny because like, if I'm doing a season in review, like the, what I'm gonna, th- yes, I know the enormity of the accomplishment is the headline in giant bold face letters, but I can't help but think about the tense moments and the moments where it seemed like we sat here after games and doing podcasts where it felt like the season was hanging on a thread Be- and we don't, you know, we're maybe we'll name some names in this uh, little review, but like there's a player that's still, that's still trying the fuck out there. Who it's just, you know, and like talk about an embodiment of like what it's like to be a Nick fan. <laughs> My God, um, it's been a, it's been it's been a year. It's been a year, but it, it, it um, if I'm being honest, it hasn't really hit me yet. Because four seed, when you think back, and this is the last thing I'm going to say, I'm going to turn it over to you. When you think back historically through NBA history about top four seeds, teams that have home court advantage in any round. You're like, OK, well, that's a team that could win the championship, right? That's like, w- you know, NBA history as well as I do. Like, yeah, there's an exception here, too. But t- historically, it's like if you get to that point, you if a couple things break, right, you could win the whole thing. Right. And like still sitting here today. And I hope nobody thinks less of me because of what I'm about to say. But like, I still don't think that that's a reality. Like we're in that conversation and maybe that's egg on my face. And we, sh- I should be thinking that. Um, so that's kind of what I think about the season. What I, what I kind of come
3: away with. Um, yeah, I'm still in shock. Honestly, I don't, I still haven't processed it fully. And I don't think I will process it until the season ends in one way or another. It was the, I think it was the Spurs game where they were down. What? By it seemed like double digits at one point. They were down by
2: 17.
3: Right. And I turned to my girlfriend and said, Uh, I'm glad we're not there tonight because we had the night before there were some Knicks fans and we struck up a conversation outside and they said, Oh, we're going to the game. And then they came back and she was like, they won. Aren't you excited? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm excited. That's awesome. That's great. And it's just because I, I still am not accustomed to winning to the point where it sinks in. Like they won, that's incredible. And this season just keeps getting better. And I don't know at what point that'll really sink in, you know, because, Mm -hmm. and I try to keep my eyes on the present. It's, it really is hard though, when you think about how well they're doing and not think about the future possibilities as well. And just taking all that into consideration. And I can't, I can't help, but think like, Hey, the Knicks are doing better than all of these big market teams did before they landed their stars,
2: like, Much better.
3: They don't even have to win a playoff series. They still are doing better than the Lakers before LeBron, the the Clippers before their stars, the Nets before their stars. Like all of those things, mm-hmm. and the fact that we can say even with losing Derrick Rose for over twenty, no, over ten games, twelve games, I think in total, didn't I'll even come to the right Knicks hand. until game twenty-five. Burks missing, I think, twenty close to twenty games, something along those lines. Mm-hmm. Uh, Robinson Mitch missing forty-one. I mean, I, hold on. Uh, during a COVID, you know, COVID-ridden season, new team, not much time to practice. A player that we would have easily traded in Julius Randall if we had the option for, like, yes. at least for me, matching salary and second-round picks. Uh, the, the fact that they were able to trade up and then trade down for Emmanuel quickly, um, and that you can do yep. all of this with your number eight draft pick and Obi, basically, like not contributing high minutes until maybe that first Dallas game. And then he He, just starts to do better. He's averaging four points a game. I know. And yet look at the impact that he's, he's making and giving Julius Randall the ability to breathe. And how many weeks ago was it where we sat here and said, okay, well, would you rather see Obi Toppin or Kevin Knox play minutes at the four? And my response was like, does it even really matter? And it turns out, yes, it absolutely does matter because Obi <laughs> was able to take that next step forward. Yeah, And it's just all of these storylines that are converging perfectly. And that's why when I see people online put down the Knicks or like say, it's a travesty that our team finished lower than the Knicks. Like, well, why? Because clearly the Knicks are talented. It, clearly they have done a far better job than we could have ever anticipated. So it's not maybe that your team uh, underperformed it's maybe that you weren't expecting the Knicks to be what they are and you're not alone we also felt that way so just all of it I I keep trying to pinch myself and you know I'm hopefully going to a playoff game and the idea of going to a playoff game to me is just staggering I still can't believe that there's even the possibility that it's happening it's not a play-in tournament it's it, no, it's, it's happening this,
2: Um, you got me with the Mitch thing. You got me with the Mitch thing because like of everything that they've been able to accomplish. Think about if you would pin, if you had to pinpoint one thing that put RJ aside, because he was only here one year over the last two years, he was our bright shining light, Mitchell Robinson, right? He was like the one thing that we were sitting here and we were talking before the season about like, what were the contract numbers that we like? We, I, I don't mean to get into that conversation, but I, I bring it up to to exemplify how vital, how vital he seemed to everything. And if you would have said like, I mean, if you would have told either of us that they were going to win 41 games in a 72 game season before the year, we would have um, called you called you many names. Um but certainly, you know, one of the first things that we would have brought up would have been like Mitchell Robinson, obviously hadn't the, the year of all years. He turned into, you know, and he played 31 games. 31 games. You would have had to, and then the Obi thing, you would have had to say, Oh my God, did Obi Toppin just come in and, and dominate the NBA like he dominated the, the A10 or the fuck conference he was in? Like you would have said, okay, well that must have no. So it's like well, what did they? Okay, Derrick Rose. It's I'm have it right here. Thirty four games, or, or sorry, thirty. Today made it thirty five. Thirty five games, less than half the season. Like at some point, Bill Parcells, you are what your record says you are. And despite the fact that I was sitting there yesterday against the Charlotte Hornets, and was sitting there today against the Boston Celtics, and at the end of both of those games. Despite seventy games worth of evidence, I was still sitting there. I'm like, "Oh my god, they're gonna lose this game. They're gonna lose this fucking game because, of course, they're gonna lose this game because they always lose this game." That's what I was thinking, and yet, and yet, we have seventy games worth of evidence that they don't lose this game. They actually find a way to win this game. Putting it aside, the one Timberwolves game, which is the one that stands out to me, where they lost that game. That's the one. But am I? Am I? That's the only one. Is there another game? Where you were like, yes, I know they didn't pull it out against Brooklyn and Philly and...
3: Um, the Celtics game. This, the yeah. second Celtics game, I would say, is the one where it was like, that should have been a win. Okay, and Smart won it, and that that's That's fair. We're, we're talking about two games here, really, right? Yeah. And it wouldn't have been a significant difference if those two turned into wins. No, no, it wouldn't yeah. Compared to the standings. And yeah. that's the other thing, too. If you're telling me that the Knicks could finish in the fourth seed with Alfred Payton as their starting point guard like I I saw a tweet this past week about how the Knicks are going to get some star this year and it's going to make Alfred Payton look terrible in comparison. I mean, even more so. And I thought like, let's, let's put away, let's put the star factor away, just getting a starting caliber player in that role. Where are the Knicks? Like where are the Knicks right now? If you have Fred Van Vliet instead, let's not talk about the future right now, that sort of idea. So with all of this playing against them, they're still able to be where they are, in spite of all of it. Alec Burks signed for $6 million. New Orleans Noel signed for $5 million. Reggie Bullock back for 4.2, you know, I mean, if, again, if you think about it, all of this, oh, in so many ways is because of Reggie Bullock uh, failing his physical and having to sign a shorter deal or a, a smaller <laughs> deal, Marcus Morris, trade Morris, Firing of Steve Mills and everything, Emmanuel Quickly, all of it. It's just mm. it's the fact that you, we can trace it back to that point. And when you consider all of these role players and how people were laughing at the idea of it, laughing at Alec Burks getting six million dollars. Well, we
2: in our defense we praised the hell out of this offseason.
3: We did, but we we, the we idea said that, yes, yes no, that no. other people didn't. And and you know, as you see the goalposts move to a greater extent. It's just like, again, let's go back to the thesis of this year, right? The core point was, let's just have a good season full of development. Be And competent. let's hope for success, whether it's winning or losing because it's house money. And the Knicks found a way to win with everything they're doing. And if that doesn't set them up for success in the short term and the long term, <laughs> I don't know what and Can I throw something out Maybe Kate, but again, that's... There was like such a small chance that whatever. We're not having that car.
2: If anybody out there is listening and I I hope I don't piss anybody off. I'm going to be, I'm going to come say no,
3: no, no. No, if you're, if you're listening to
2: this podcast, Andrew has a face on, if you're listening to this podcast and you're like, you're both idiots. They should have tanked. They fucked up because they had a chance at a guaranteed. A do your homework, just do your homework, go look through NBA history. It's, I, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and recite it for you. Just go look through NBA history. The fact that the Cavs got very lucky one year and the Mavs lucked into a team that made a stupid trade for reasons that may have to do with nothing having to do with basketball. And
3: what else? I mean, Spurs. Julius Randle is going to get at least one MVP vote. I'm convinced of it. And if he doesn't, no, he's, he's going he's he's to
2: get way more than one. Uh, right. Here's At my least. point. It's, right.
3: it's, you got, have to have traded him in order for you really to submerge yourself to the tank.
2: It's, But it's not even and about it, and, what you would have needed to do. It's just the odds are so against you yeah. that you get that player either by the fact that you land in the spot to pick the player or that the player you think is going to be the player actually becomes the player. And then added on top of it, all the benefits that come with being in this market with this record, it's I, I just if there's a lot, if there's all the you could sell me a lot of good. You're not selling me that. You're just not selling me that after what this team has been able to accomplish this season. So I just had to say that. Um, and of course, I've lost my. Tr- oh, that's can we just do a very quick exercise? I just yeah. thought of this now. I hope sure. Andrew doesn't mind. We're, we're going off the rails. but We always go off the rails. Um, I don't know. Like you, were, you brought up Fred Van Vliet like. How many point how many starting point guards are there in the league right now that if you put them on the Knicks in place of Alfred Payton don't result in in six to eight win jump? I'm going to go. I'm just going down the standings that right don't now result that don't here. Cause I'm cause the way you pose the question, it's like, Oh, it's the, as you correctly said, it has to be a star. No, 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 no. Going down the standings, Ben Simmons, Kyrie Irving, um, drew holiday. All of them, obviously eight, eight win or more bump. Then we're the Knicks Trey young bump it. Goran Dragic, bump it. Kemba Walker, even with the season he had bump it up. Uh, Charlotte Hornets, Lomelo ball, bump it up. Um, Russell Westbrook, uh, based on how he's played the last thirty-five games, what do you think?
3: No, I would. Again, yeah. I didn't. I didn't want Russ because not because We, I don't, we watched, don't have to talk just, about that. Gosh, but, just
2: but yes, for for argument's sake. Okay. Right now, yeah, I would take Russ right? sure. over uh, Yes, mm-hmm. um, Bulls. Who's their starting point guard? I. If you give me, I think Sederensky would have been worth about two or three more wins for the Knicks. Yeah. Um, Kyle Lowry. Yes. Um, Darius Garland. Absolutely. I know he, he was a little injured, but that guy would have been worth at least five more wins. And then you get to the Orlando's and Detroit. So fine. Detroit, Orlando, I'll give you those two. Um, and Orlando, to be fair, had Fultz to start the season. Ooh, that's right. And if mean, a healthy Fultz would have been worth five or six wins, easy. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, Utah pick either of those two guys, Phoenix, obviously Chris Paul, uh, Denver, Jamal Murray, uh, the, Clippers are actually an interesting one because they actually arguably don't have a guy there. So let's, that's a, th- well, I mean, would you take Reggie Jackson over Alfred Payton? Of I course would. I would take him, but how right. many, how many wins is Reggie well, worth? If over you look Alf? at
3: Reggie's season, you know, he's actually done a pretty good job. Um, he's hitting he drives. Toys. He scores. He, agrees, he shoots. Yeah. It's, you know, his defense isn't as good, but he's able to do effectively what you want from uh, a Tibbs archetype guard.
2: So let's give him, it would have been, you know, maybe three more wins with Reggie Jackson. Um, Portland has Dame. Dallas has, I'm giving, I'm saying Luca for the, or Jalen Brunson. Fine, put Luca aside. Mm -hmm. Jalen Brunson's.
3: Jalen doesn't even start. That's the thing. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Um, I'm not a fan of Schroeder, but he belongs in this group as well. Um, Then we got Curry. Then we got Ja. Then we got, um, uh, sorry, I was going to say Derek White, but um, DeJounte Murray's their point guard. Lonzo Ball, we have we'll have that conversation. Or even in a few Bledsoe. Weeks. I mean, uh, Bledsoe. I don't know. I, I Bledsoe's been pretty. Bad you can just not like Bledsoe. <laughs> <don't like> <laughs> so that's like. So now we're up to like three teams. Um and then uh Darren Fox um, uh D'Ang- oh Ricky Rubio. No, Ricky Rubio's worth a lot of wins. Although, Gilders, Rubio's uh,
3: been off the bench mostly, hasn't he?
2: But he's the point guard that I want to take for for this team from that team. Okay. Uh, she- yeah. Shea Gilgis Alexander and then um the Rockets. John Wall, this version of John Wall would be worth how many war- more wins than Alfred Payton?
3: I don't think it'd be that many. I understand that a lot of people might push back on that, but the fact that John Wall well, I don't, I don't know. I really don't know because, you know, he's had injuries, um, he just can't. He's not an off-ball shooter, really. He nah, he fine. doesn't <laughs> cut. He's very much. I'm <laughs> like oh, my Elf, know. who's just deadly off the ball, right? And, and again, I don't mean this as John Wall No, I know. It's just I know. based
0: on where he's at, I just I don't. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data No, so if it's a significant improvement
2: so basically what we've just decided is if they had ex- with the exception of maybe four teams the point guard on literally from literally any other team in the nba on this squad they would be probably considered a legitimate contender as opposed to what most people consider them now which is that like they're whatever people are saying about them um and they i don't know would they be the three seat maybe um Oh, God, so who gets the hardware? We, we, I know we're not talking hardware this episode, but like, is it Tibbs? Is it Rose? Because like, one of those two guys f- feels like deserves some kind of recognition, yeah. right?
3: Well, here's another thought. What happens if Derrick Rose is acquired in the offseason? Oh. Where is this team? You don't even need, I mean, like, you know, even with Alfred Payton, if you replace Rose with Dennis Smith Jr. with um, Frankie LaQuina with any of the guys who saw minutes at the one. Well, what if they How trade? Much better is so, this team? so if they trade for
2: Rose, so now you're making a case against Leon Rose for executive of the year. What if they traded for Rose? Well, no, because um, that
3: that would have only benefited him because he would have found a way to solidify the backcourt. Yeah, but you're saying manner. he didn't do this. Well, no, he. I mean, he did. He made the he, trade. It's just he a did it in minutes, of,
2: Yeah, okay. Credit. But
3: but if he if he had traded for um,
2: Rose before the season, and let's just say for argument's sake, he, they start Rose from game one. Which I, maybe they if they because if they wouldn't have signed Alfred, presumably they would have started Rose from game
3: one, and then no, I, don't know. Well, I think they still would have probably had Alfred. I do. I think they probably would have said. I think the same trade could have gone down because the Pistons were in. Hey, well, you know. If we lose, great. If we win, okay, that's fine. They wanted someone like a, you know, they want an expiring contract, someone they could take a flyer on, and they got it in Dennis with Jr. I think that offer still would have occurred earlier on. It's yeah, just, no, for sure. And Because then, you know, you still need someone to occupy that starter position. We know how Tibbs feels about starting rookies. Uh, he's not really a fan of it. We know that they saw Frank as more of an off-ball wing and, and really an emergency starting point guard. But he clearly likes game. he
2: likes Frank, and he's I think he, sure. I believe it when he has when he says he has confidence in Frank. I just wonder an alternate version of the season for argument's sake, where Derek Rose starts from game one, and um, it's quickly Burks, Frank, uh, Obi, and and.
3: You know, but I think the reason the he wouldn't have, and I think this—you could say this moving forward as well—is Tibbs knows what works for Rose. He knows yeah. the role that he's in. It's great of coming off the bench and working with the younger players. And I would hope that you know moving forward, that's the way we see it as well. But really, just getting that upgrade over Elf, and there wasn't a way to do that this summer. We don't have to rehash that, um, at least without you know paying a heavy price for some player. Point being, you know, because I know we're we're drifting further and further away, but. That's why it's just for this team moving forward, it doesn't take a whole lot. And someone mentioned that Keith Bogans played every single game fourth. Mm -hmm. I want to say the 2010-11 bulls It was was his first
2: season. I want to say it was actually 81,
3: but yes. yes. Played every game except for the one he missed. And then he started every single playoff game. Yeah. And that's the thing that's so stuck in my mind, right? Because we can see the difference, at least recently. I don't think – even Elf's biggest fans, I don't think that they can just throw out these last two weeks worth of games and say, he have Hey, any fans anymore? We don't have to, but anyways, it's just, we don't have to, no. the point um, being here is like, yeah. I don't, I think it's easy to say, well, he's been terrible so they can just kick him out of the lineup, but that that's not what Tibbs has necessarily shown. I think that they're big on continuity and like, Again, like we've seen his role get minimized because that to me feels like a clear snapshot of what they they're trying to do in the playoffs. He's going to be the starting point guard. He'll get six or seven minutes and then, you know, they'll have Rose come in and then they'll have Burks come in after that at some point, maybe quickly too. But it was interesting that he kind of brushed off the question about shortening his rotation because playoff rotations usually aren't Ten, which we have been seeing with the Knicks for the most part, nine yeah. or 10, they, they can shrink close to seven look, or eight, t- especially ten when healthy. Like Tibbs.
2: 10 right. when healthy.
3: Right. But even if like, if you're Tibbs and you rely on guys for heavy minutes and you know how important each minute is, we could see them shrinking to an even greater extent. We could see an eight man rotation and it would make total and complete sense. And Elf could still be one of those players, even though, you know, who knows, but I, uh, I would love to see it. And I think the fact I'm sure we'll get more into this too, but I'm very curious to see how Alec Burks does in this playoff series against the Hawks because of the fact that I don't think he played in two of them. And in one of them, like they didn't start him on, he barely played, uh, he barely defended Trey young. And Burks has done a really great job of guarding the, the number one option on teams. Um, like I keep thinking back to that, that game against Dallas where Burks did a great job. Uh, yesterday he did, or two days ago. Well, no, yesterday he did a great job on Terry Rozier. Like,
2: yeah, he did a nice he's job. He's
3: able to kind of lock players up, whereas RJ and bullock maybe take he, more of the wings. But he more than holds his own.
2: Let's let's yeah. say that. I, and and this is a great transition to talking about the Hawks series, where I think obviously it, you nailed the primary question. Everybody's going to have is what happens with Elf in the rotation. It's interesting today. um Tibbs, um, I think he's done this before. Uh, briefly extended his rotation to eleven men, and the eleventh man was Frank. I think Frank played. Um, I have it right here, actually. <laughs> according to according to ESPN, Frank Milagino played zero minutes. Um, I know that is not true because I played I six, know I saw him. It was six
3: point four seconds. Was it six <laughs> point in the third quarter? <laughs> That's he right, got a okay. steal.
2: <laughs> yeah. See. Yeah. Um, so very valuable. So um, no, but it's. Um, So that's the obvious question, and I'll I'll get back to Alf in a second. And I think the the other questions here are, well, I don't know if Mitch is going to become a question because he's not – Tibbs made this – for anybody who missed it, Tibbs was asked about this yesterday because he hadn't given an update in about two weeks, and he said Mitch is uh, progressing nicely, but he's a ways away, made very clear they're not going to rush this, and um, that he listed off a litany of – I forget what exactly it was said a couple of things. And then he's like, and then it gets the three on three and then it gets the five. But the the picture that he painted was very clear. We're not seeing Mitchell Robinson anytime soon. So, um, but that is a a lingering question. If they go deep enough, do do we see him? And I think the other question that I have that, that people have been bringing up and this has to do with the elf question. So really it's all baked into one big question is, What's the best way to rotate these guards? Um, And I think specifically Alec Burks and and Derek Rose, because we've seen um, uh, both of those guys primarily on the ball a lot. And I think that there's an argument that both of those guys uh, like being on the ball and that are operate uh, very well on the ball. Um, Some tense moments from Alec Burks today aside, and actually in fairness, some tense moments from Derek Rose today aside. Um, And then there's Mr. Quickly, who has shown uh, a bit of on ball flair himself uh, this year at times. So you have all these guys that, 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 like to be on ball. And then you have this other guy who continues to start. I just want to read very quickly um, elf. So going back to the Houston game. So the start of the West coast trip, I mean, really, we could even go back before the, the Toronto game, 14 and change. Phoenix was 14 and change. The Chicago game was kind of a blowout and it was like a weird foul situation. I think that was the one game where he played over 20 minutes, 20, almost 22. And then you're looking at 13, 17, 16, 17, 15, 13, 12, 12. And today was 14. I just, how much further can we go? Um, Oh, well, we can.
3: It just, will we?
2: Yeah. Gun to your head, dude. What do you, what do you make it? Let's, I know Andrew's going to, well, I hope I'm not stealing one of Andrew's predictions Um, that he's going to call for us to make at the end of the show. But like, cause I think we're going to see him start game one. I think he's going to play about five minutes and then I think they're going to pull him. And I think depending on how that looks, there's a chance that he doesn't start the second half. And I think my guess would be he he's not going to not start the second half in the first game. Maybe that's going to happen the second game and the game that he doesn't start the second half, which I think is coming. The next game is the game that he doesn't start the game. So if you, if you ask me to put my chip down on one possibility, that's the possibility I'm putting it down on right
3: now. I still don't think he's going to go anywhere. You know, and maybe I say it because I don't want to aim my expectations and then Feel like I'm being disappointed because, you know, he's not being removed. It's just I. I'm not saying Tibbs doesn't make adjustments. He absolutely does. It's just the idea of keeping things as is to open your game. That's he's your he's your opener in baseball. Um, I feel like we've talked. I think we've. It's becoming
2: popular these days. Right.
3: (laughs) It is. So having him just you know, quote unquote pitch for a few minutes and then subbing him in with Derek Rose and playing Rose for 25 minutes and having Burks in there for extended time. Now that he's kind of gotten more into this groove. And like, I just, I think you could probably shave his minutes even more. I just don't know if he's going to be completely erased from the rotation for one reason or another. (sighs) Um, And then, you know, I think about like, well, what if this was the trick up Tibbs' sleeve the entire time, which is like, well, if you could dodge a wrench, you could dodge a ball. Well, yeah, but I mean, in the sense of like maybe he didn't want to let on, you know, like maybe he didn't want to show that he has this opportunity. Because think about how much the Knicks have played, how many minutes the Knicks have played without Elf on the floor. Like there are lineups that have gelled and that we know can succeed. Um, it's really just about timing. And we haven't seen that to start the games, but that doesn't mean it can't. Um, or even when Elf was out with his hamstring. We've seen him, we've seen other players and how that's worked. So like, again, I, I want to believe I just am skeptical that he'll change something. At least, I think he'll at least minimize it.
2: Um. By the way, I'm just, I'm searching for a stat that I'm going to bring up in a second. Um, do you want to, you, you may know this already by heart. Do you want to know what the, or you want to guess what place in the league rankings, the Knicks finished in net rating and ninth or 10th you have to pick one i'm sorry we don't we don't live on the fence here jeremy cohen (laughs) it's fair um i'm gonna go with 10th it is 10th uh do you want to take a gander a a guess at the team uh, right below them it's a team that we've already talked about uh it's probably the hawks it is the hawks and the team right above them is also a team that has been a top on uh, a topic of conversation for us over is it the Mavericks? It is indeed the Mavericks. Mm-hmm. So,
3: what, what is that net rating number? I'm just curious. Oh, I just uh,
2: changed off the page. I believe it was 2.4 though. 2.4, and that's again that's the that is the year long number. Right. Um, what I was looking for, and as I've um, I think I filibustered long enough that I can now say uh, what it is that I'm looking for is um, since April 1st, which is when um, the Knicks have really turned it on. They have a 6.4 net rating, and for anybody who doesn't know, net rating is basically. It's the amount of points you score per 100 possessions minus the amount of points you give up per 100 possessions. Typically, that, that type of number, is 6.4, means you're a contender. So if they have been playing like they have since April 1st over the course of a full season, we would be talking about them as a contender.
3: Um, Can you do me a favor? Yes. Can we do a new date? Sure. Can we have the starting date of February 8th? Well, let me give you. Can I give you this first?
2: Sure. There's a reason I'm giving this because I think this is where Elf really. Well, actually, no, that is arguments about when he really started to go in the tank. Um, but so again, the Knicks' 6.4 net rating since April 1st, that's the third best mark in the league. Um, they are in. It's, like, it's, it's almost a fake number. In the minutes that Alfred Payton is playing over that time, they are. I can't even say it with a straight face. They are getting outscored by 3.6 points per 100 possessions in the 425 minutes that Alfred Payton has played in that time and on the flip side, in the 70, 752 minutes that Alfred Payton has not played during that time. <laughs> They are outscoring teams by 12.2 points per hundred possessions, which means since April 1st, when Elford Payton is not on the floor, the Knicks have a net rating that is essentially equivalent with the greatest team of all time. Cause I'm pretty sure that one of those warriors squads was right around 12 or <laughs> maybe I'm even overshooting
3: it. Um, what, what date did you want now? February 8th. That is the day after I want to say it's the day after uh yeah, all right. Andrew came in with a clutch. He came in clutch. Uh, 4.3. That is the Derrick Rose date, or at least the day after, I think, that he was officially traded, and that would be eighth in the NBA.
2: Yeah. Uh, yes. And again, the, the Elf number. So since the day they traded for Rose with Peyton on the court, minus 2.9 when Elf is on and when Elf is on off in 1486 minutes this is not an insignificant sample size 8.2 which over the course of the full season so if you take the knicks as the team that has derrick rose and you and you supersede that onto entire 72 games you're talking about a team i can't believe i'm saying this um that is essentially the second best team in the league at the very when Alfred payton's not on the floor so we should in a World, where like he's the backup and whatever, like it's a different conversation. But y- you get it.
3: Are you on cleaning the glass or NBA stats?
2: I'm on NBA stats because to say
3: cleaning the glass, we could even put, we could figure out an actual winning percentage. We, yes, we can, or like expected um, wins over an 82 game span. But we don't even have to because uh, we can just tell based on what we're talking about that it is going to be a very good number. Uh, and again, from game what 26 onward. Uh, quick math tells me that is about fifty-four games. So we're talking about two thirds. Well, it says of the season, forty-six right? since right, but I'm saying was it, either way. It's yeah, about,
2: forty-six since the elf trade. I think. Which no, sorry, since the elf trade. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm speaking what I want to happen. Would, actually, yes, since. that would
3: make sense. Forty-six yeah. because twenty-five. Yep.
2: Yes. Um, so yeah, that's a lot of games. And yeah. um, it you know the funny thing is, it's not us talking about why uh, net, uh, as he calls it, net efficiency should should matter. Very first press conference that Tom Thibodeau gave as head coach of the New York Knicks um, when asked about what he looks at in terms of like stats, advanced stats, yada, yada, yada. First words out of his mouth were net net rating. Um, so he, if you don't think he knows this shit, he knows it. Yeah. Uh, he's not sticking his head in the sand. I, 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 we, we could sit here all day and talk about theories as to why Alfred Payton is still playing games. I'm, I, I, I,
3: I don't know. Speaking of coaches, but, I, sure. I think you've written about You've probably written about this. And in fact, I know you've written about this. So I personally think that um, Monty is going to get coach of the year. But in terms of tips, I, this is something that I saw this past week and I wanted to hear your thoughts. Mm-hmm. How is it that how is it that Chris Paul, as great as he's been, is in the MVP conversation, but also Monty is in that coach of the year conversation? Shouldn't shouldn't one of those have far more weight than the other? Like, how is it that they are both so impactful? Um, I, don't, I don't mean that as disrespect to no, either but, of those, but but it just it feels like it should be you're, one or the other. Listen,
2: when you're talking about when you're having these conversations about coach of the year, MVP, this, that, you're, you're not you're not disrespecting anybody by saying they should be second. It's this is, this is the ultimate of, right. of parsing and, and picking nits. Um, I just want to first point out that the Knicks have exceeded their win total. And the preseason number I always go by is 21.5, not this 22.5 nonsense, 21.5. Um, and they've exceeded that number by 19 and a half games, which for anybody who doesn't know over the last 20 or sorry, over the last 10 years, um, only one team has exceeded that. It was the Hornisack Suns, the first uh, Hornisack Suns year. Um, and by the way, this was in 72 games, not 82. So um, let that be noted. The Suns have exceeded. Did the, the Suns play tonight, I guess? I think they won today. Oh, did they win? Okay. I believe so. So then, so then I believe they will have exceeded their total um, by 11.5. So eight less than uh, Tibbs and the Knicks. So if you're talking about like. You know, if these awards typically go now, you can make an argument that it's it's tougher to go from a good team to a contending team than it is from a shitty team to a decent team. So that maybe balances it out to your point, though. Um, if you have a guy who don't ask me why I was looking this up the other day, but I was because <laughs> I am a crazy person. Um, oh, that's right. I want to see where Jokic ranked. Um, I looked up win shares per 48 minutes um, over uh, this in the last 20 years. So since the year, I think I started it 2000, 2000. Yeah. Since the 2000, 2001 season, win shares per 48 minutes. Um, Jokic ranks third, by the way. I I think I was looking it up because people are that idiot is like, Jokic is a terrible MVP season. Yeah. Third best. Um, LeBron James is second. James Harden, who has finished in the top uh, three in MVP voting for what six of the last seven years, uh, is fourth. Um, Kawhi Leonard, sixth. Kevin Durant, seventh. Um, who do you think's first by a comfortable margin? That would be Chris Paul. Um, he has as demonstrable an impact on regular season winning as literally any player in the game today. Um, more than LeBron James, if you go by this stat. Um, and you go through the history of him coming to teams and what he's done everywhere he's gone. Look at what he did with Oklahoma city last year. Um, so I don't know how you could then say that this is Monty. Williams. like Julius Randles, an MVP candidate, but I, and I know he's put in a ton of work in the off season. I'm not trying to belittle that work or diminish it in any way. But what Tibbs has been able to get him to do and put him in positions to be successful, to me, quite frankly, is a guy that is more impressive than if, like, you were coaching Chris Paul. I bet Chris Paul, with a bunch of guys who could play decent basketball, could figure out a way to fucking win some games. And that's why I think Tibbs should get the honor. So, yeah. I'm with you. Um, I'm I'm biased, but I'm with you. No, I mean, obviously we're both biased, but, you know. It's like it, it. Of all the awards, if if you're telling me, you know, Macri, you you pick your the thing that you think is most deserving. Randall top five MVP. Randall second team All NBA. Um, you know, Leon Rose Executive of the Year. Derek Rose Sixth Man of the Year. I'm trying to think forgetting anybody that anything else is reasonable. Like Nerland is not on an All NBA team. Um, I would pick Tibbs Coach of the Year as the thing that I think it should be the case. Um, okay, I think we're I think we're pretty. We're pr- anything else should we say about the Hawks series? I mean, I don't know what there is to say other than kind of throw out the regular season record. Um, uh, Trey Young left one of those games with an injury. Bogey Bogdanovich missed one of those games entirely, and then the third game was in the very beginning of the season um, when like the Hawks were playing. Uh, what the fuck's his name? The other guy who went to Duke with RJ and uh, Zion. Cam Reddish. Cam Reddish, 30 minutes a night um, of not very good basketball. So, like, I'm not saying the 3-0 doesn't matter, but, like, it's just here's the last thing I want to say about this series. For anybody out there who thinks the Knicks are going to walk into Madison Square Garden next weekend, wherever the game is, and they're going to, you know, throw it down on the floor, and it's like, okay, let's get on our way to the second round. No, 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 no. This is going to be a tough series is a very good basketball team that is healthy at the right time. And the only guy that they're missing is the aforementioned um, Cam Reddish. And he wasn't very good this year. Um, They are, they are still missing DeAndre Hunter, but he hasn't been there since February, I think. So this team is good. Um, Clint Capella and um, Trey young are, have a better net rating as a combo than anybody in the league this year, with the exception of, I think, the best Utah duos uh, since uh, Nate McMillan took over. Um, They are uh, bogey Bogdanovich is hitting threes at a better rate than anybody in the league over the last two months. (laughs) They're really good. This is a fucking good team. Um, I think, well, I'm not going to say yet because I'm waiting for a producer's corner, but um, just, I just wanted that to be
3: out there. That's all. Just wanted to be out there. No, you said it and it's completely accurate. I saw some, It wasn't so much a stat. Maybe it was. I just can't remember exactly what it was. But when Bogdanovich hits three or more threes, the Hawks do incredibly well. And Bogdanovich had a really great game against the Knicks. Uh, The fact that McMillan is now the head coach, that I think is another thing to take into consideration. Um, But yeah, it's not going to be a cakewalk. Um, Capella is going to feast on the boards. It's a shame Mitchell Robinson isn't going to be healthy to um, clean up on the glass. But, you know, it's like... There's certainly a level of confidence, but this this isn't like, oh yeah, let's let's just destroy the Hawks and move on to the second round. No, it's let's focus on right now, get the business done. I think the Knicks got lucky in the sense of I am more concerned for Miami or the idea of playing the Bucks, but neither of those options yep. you know wound up happening and the Hawks are who they're drawing. So I am curious to see how Trey does just in terms of playoff basketball i wonder if games will be tighter if calls maybe won't be quite as loose um but you know i mean until the nba decides to do something about the three-point shooting like the Devonte graham i think it was uh three that he took where mm-hmm. he got hit and you know like launched himself into the defender like i mean that's yep. that's not exactly what Trey does but it's very similar to what he does in the sense where he gets that call yeah. Is that going to be a prevailing call when things get maybe a little bit scrappier? I, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't, I'm curious to see what the Knicks do in terms of if they shut down Trey, what happens to the rest of the offense? I mean, again, Ogdanovich well, is available and certainly productive. So maybe I, they just kind of live with, you know, shut down Trey and live with the rest. I, I, I'm I think, curious to see.
2: I think that's the biggest question for the series is how do they want to handle Trey young? Um, I don't know that you could shut down Trey because basically what you want to do with Trey is is force him to take the floater, and he hits a lot of floaters, um, you know, and and that's a dangerous shot for him. Um, to me, the key to the series, we talked about our biggest questions for the series. I think the key to the series is how they defend uh, Capella. If they can find a way between Noel, who has had issues with, um, with Clint Capella, I noticed today Taj Gibson, who is my favorite human being of all time um the Knicks' defensive rating with ties gibson on the court it's only 25 minutes against the hawks this year is a um uh, not so tidy 130 um that that what you want nope. um so yeah uh
3: we're we're it's it's gonna be
2: hard um, and we shouldn't
3: minimize what julius randall can do because you know i mean randall, they have no one to they have no one to stop julius randall right that's the thing um yeah you have to have a big series from Julius uh, and and everyone stop
2: uh, Derek Rose and and we can mm-hmm. just keep going down the line of the players that the Hawks have no one to stop because exactly. if Hunter's not going to play in the series he's there he's their big time wing defender you know bogey, admirable Kevin Herder is a, is a ginger um and um you too. Uh, anytime um and click uh, <laughs> <laughs> and and Clint Capella is a really good rim protector that des- deserves to be in the, the all-NBA. Oh all, all, excuse me, all had def- Actually the all-NBA conversation, if we're being honest. Um, but definitely all defense. Um he's really good as a backline, but we've seen him, you know, we we've seen that show before in Houston. Like you could you can you can score on Capella. Um, but that's what frightens me is we're entering a series where we're hoping to get four wins that are probably gonna be like 130, 126. And, um, you know, we'll we'll see if they do it. Um, OK, Andrew, um, we're, before we get out of here, I, I believe you have some some questions to ask us. I do.
1: First of all, you guys have missed a riveting Golden State Warriors Memphis Grizzlies game. a battle for the nine seed, uh, excuse me, the eighth seed in the Western Conference. Steph has forty six.
2: Wow. Counting. And the Warriors are up 10, I think, in the last two minutes. I'm looking at the score right now. So I, yeah. I've glanced at the score a few times throughout this podcast, but I'm seeing it right now. So that means uh, – quick diversion. So that means we're going to get, uh, barring anything crazy, in less than seconds, Steph LeBron playing. And then um, – Spurs, Memphis. Memphis yeah. Spurs,
1: Memphis. And well, not, and,
3: wait, not necessarily because – the Lakers could get the 6th. Oh, that's and right. right. That's right. And we still have tonight. Denver, yeah, might limit their players, so <laughs> No, I, we we either We're going to see is, Dame but, yeah. versus Steph or LeBron versus Steph. That if you are the NBA, you love that. You love the marketing that you can do for that.
1: So Producer's Corner, gentlemen. Yes. Um you mentioned earlier, John, that we do not Ride the fence here when you made sure Jeremy answered whether the Knicks were the ninth to test 10th best team in net rating, which is hilarious coming from you. Whenever I ask you for a prediction, you always add a bunch of caveats and you say, well, then if and then when. And so I decided for producer's corner because I like to do this. Jeremy knows this better than anybody. We have predictions to make for the NBA playoffs. We will start. Who's coming out of the East?
2: Who's coming out of the East to go to the finals? Yes. You know what? I spent five minutes earlier today. I shouldn't admit this. I spent five minutes earlier today fantasizing. That's the only appropriate word for it. Uh-huh. Fantasizing. Like, okay. Philly. They just gotta shut down and bead.
3: All they got to do <laughs> is shut down
2: Embiid. and beat.
3: Easy task. Then, what? Easy task. It's Mitch
2: the, might the, be the, back. Joel Come on, Joel <laughs> You know, and then I mean, if we get that far, you know, Battle of New York City. I mean, uh, hey, yeah, you know, okay. Um, I'm not. I, I can't sit here and predict the Knicks are going to get out of the East. Um, uh, do I think they could stay healthy for three rounds? Uh,
3: Jeremy, do you have an answer? Uh, Brooklyn. I'll go Brooklyn. My heart says the Knicks. <laughs> <laughs> my head says you're an idiot. Uh it's probably the Nets, but in between my head and my heart, it's the Bucks. Okay. Really? Yeah. You're you're uh, okay. some, I don't know. There's just something about this year where I feel like they have gotten over whatever, you know, insanity they had last year. I think it made them a stronger team. I'm saying this they'll probably get wrecked by Brooklyn, but no. There's something about the Bucks where I don't know. I feel like the Giroux does enough. Where especially if they decide to finally shorten their rotation in the playoffs, that's a pretty good team that they have. And no, they're, they're very they good. They need to win, you know, four games in ah. that second round. And I feel that's the other thing. Like Philly, would happened in Miami? That's got to be somewhat worrisome if you're a Sixers fan.
2: I, my biggest change is since in the middle of the season, I was like, yeah, it should, I think the Sixers are going to come out of the East. And now I'm, I'm, I backed off that. That said, if it was the Sixers, if it was the, if it was the Bucs, if it was the Nets, nothing would shock me. I'm going to say the Nets. All
1: right. Okay. Now who's coming out of the West?
3: Uh, Jeremy, do you have a quick answer? Man, I don't. I'm, I'm really stumped on this.
2: I, I spent some, I actually did spend some time, um, Thinking about this uh, earlier today, and I uh, I guess I'm a yeah. I, I, it's a, can I tell you the other thing I was thinking about earlier today? Sure, of course. If when the Knicks make their finals in my fantasy world, uh huh, you know, what would I was thinking about, like, if the Knicks are what, the no, finals? but you know, what I was thinking about would it be that insane if Team X also made it? Oh, Dallas. Yeah. yeah. Oh shit. Just just only only be- only because only because. So let's say it is Denver that drops down to the 4, which if Denver loses and the Clippers win, um it's it's Denver that drops down to the 4. I I love Nikola Jokic. He should be he should, if anybody um doesn't vote for him first place MVP, <laughs> they should have their vote stripped. Um I think the Mavs could win that series and then the Mavs play Utah. And do I really am I really going to sit here with any conviction and be like, oh, yeah, the Jazz will definitely beat um, a team with the, the best player on the floor um, with Mitchell having been banged up for several weeks? Like, so I, would, I, I went through that mental exercise. All that said, um, I think the Lakers are going to come out of the West.
3: Jeremy. Yeah, I also think it's the Lakers. And and the Lakers. Well, We'll hear Lakers fans saying how like, well, if last year was the hardest road, this is an even harder road than before because oh, they could fuck all the way off.
1: Well, agreed on both of that. But John, remember the convoy you and I had that the LeBron secretly, all of this was propaganda for him to get the seven seed because the. The eclipsing Jordan in as far as number of titles is off the table. He has to depend on difficulty of titles. And the only thing left to do is to be the seventh seed, win a playoff game, win out like a play-in game, and then have to go through the entire playoffs and win every series as an underdog, culminating in the finals when he beats Durant, Irving, and... uh uh, and Harden beats the nut beats another
3: super team, and then oh it's God, like I basically just... it's like a Lajuan, right? In the sense of like, oh yeah, yes. look at the that ninety what 95 Rockets team, and look what they had to overcome, and they and the teams that they beat that year, incredible, and, and then the
2: Shaq Magic in the finals. That was one of the most outstanding yeah. playoff runs ever. He he went like can
3: 450 win teams, right? It was, so it was Stockton
2: it was, Malone, Barkley yep. in the semis,
3: and then MVP, Spurs. MVP Robinson, Robinson in the in finals, finals, and then
2: Shaq in the finals. Um, uh, absolutely, he basically beat all of 90s, like, uh, big men that mattered. Um, do so you both crazy. have
1: Lakers Nets or Lakers Bucks?
2: I have Lakers Nets, yep. but I had Lakers Nets before the season. I've I've never found a reason to d- divert from Lakers. Now, look, I, have, wrong. I have plenty,
1: but if you're going with your gut, I guess you have um, to go. Can I ask that. you
2: guys a quick question before we get out of here? Sure. What well, odds? One other one I have. Oh, well, let me. I'm going to quick interjection. What odds would someone need to give you for you to, assuming it's Lakers Suns first round, for you to bet on the Suns to come out of that series? What would you need? Oh, So you're saying
1: the Lakers would have to be the so I'm getting money for picking the Suns. Yeah,
2: you're. I'm. Well, are you saying the Suns would be favored in the series? I'm saying the Lakers would be favored in the city series. And what would what odds would someone need to give you to get you to put money on the Suns? Yikes, I'd do it three to one. I would not do it three to one. one. Okay, I, I would do three to one. I really like the Suns. That's the thing. The, okay. My, so then, so then say even favorite. money. So I
1: would, I would take even money. Yeah. Okay. If you give me any odds on the Suns, I would take them. Jeremy, I'll go middle two and one. Two and one. Okay. There you go. All right. Million dollar question, guys. Knicks Hawks, who will win this series? And in how many games?
2: I mean,
3: we're, we both obviously. Oh wait, who won our last predictions? I did. I, you won it? You I, did. Won? I said four and one. Uh, and I believe yeah. I also won the end of the season. Uh, breakdown of the last 14 so so you but, get to you
2: know. so wait should we do it like we one of us has to pick a different um in number of games outcome than the other that would be more fun so then jeremy if you won you go so you get to be you get to pick the number of games that because we're both going to say the knicks are going to win the series right. so how many how many games are they going to win now? yeah I, uh, i'll take nixon six okay i'll take nixon seven i probably would have taken nixon seven anyway so that works out well okay uh, a- andrew you want to Nick, what are you going to say? I've had such a blast this season, and
1: I think that the Knicks have won my heart. This is the most fun I've ever had watching the Knicks. I've been on the record how terrified of the Hawks I am. And other than the fact that it's Atlanta, like bad things happen to their sports teams. Uh, If I'm just going by the data, the Hawks have been like the fourth best team in the NBA since uh, the coach took over little aggressive but. but like just by the record they have the fourth most wins they're the Fourth most, and, most hey, wins there i get won. the net rating is still around the middle of the pack but still dude, oh, no it's, and, it's a
2: top it's it, around 10 it's a, they're a real team they're a, again, right they they and then you right add team. in that
1: they've figured out how to close games which yes. the knicks as we saw the last couple of days have had to depend on some really bad teams in order to close games i will say Fuck it. I'll say Knicks in seven, but I'm not confident, confident about it at all. I see a world where the Hawks go and win this thing in six. Okay, I, mean, I just damn. want to
3: point this out, though. And again, the Hawks have had a great season. I am not trying to say like, oh, the Knicks will, you know, easily be fine with, with the Hawks. They will have their hands full. But based on when Nate McMillan took over, when Lloyd Pierce was fired, I think they went eight and oh right after. Right. Yeah, um, something like that. Right. So uh, if we're talking about wins in terms of how they've had the fourth most wins since that's happened, uh, for that win streak, they beat Miami in Miami. Really solid win. Oh, uh, the rest
2: of those wins were uh, went to Orlando
3: yes. and won. Went to right. Toronto and won. Sacramento right. at home won. Uh, at or they won at home against Cleveland. They won at Houston. They won against Oklahoma City at home. Uh, did a great job beating, beating the Lakers. Although I'm pretty sure the Lakers were the Lakers were banged up. Right. Um, went to the Clippers and lost. Went to the Kings and lost. Won against the Warriors. That's nice. You know, lost. By 24 to the Nuggets. The Knicks certainly got their asses handed. Lost by seven in Phoenix. That's better than the Knicks did. Uh, One in double overtime, San Antonio. One against New Orleans. One again against. Uh, Golden State won again against New Orleans, lost to Memphis.
1: If if you want, I've looked at their schedule too. The Knicks just won a four point game against the Boston team, resting seven of their best players. Of course. Yeah, but we know why that was. The Knicks played down
2: to that. They will not do that against the Hawks.
1: I I think there's a world where the Knicks can't outscore the Hawks, is all I'm saying. I'm not saying the Knicks have no chance to win the series, they're overmatched. But if you're just looking at net rating, the team right behind the Knicks is the Hawks. I think this is a very even matchup and the team that has better offense down the stretch scares me.
3: It's 100% an even matchup and I don't want to give the impression it isn't. It's No, it's even. You know, and again, they, they, they also beat the Suns. They beat the doors off the Suns not that long ago. So, mm-hmm. that was certainly impressive. They're a formidable foe as I think Clyde might say it's
2: just. (laughs) (laughs) they are a formidable foe that we swept the last time we played them in the playoffs 22 years ago. God, did you just do that?
1: The '99 series was 22 years ago. Wow. I'm good at math. What can I say? No, we're old, is what you just said. Okay. I was a teenager. The we does not apply to me for whatever. (laughs) Jeremy just went full Uncle Phil on
2: we. (laughs) I was thinking that too. There you go. I hate okay. all of you. Hey, you wanna come say hi? No, I see need to open a screen. Oh, you want me to open that, a glue stick?
1: That means you have to say hi, Scarlett. You
2: mm-hmm. have to say hi. Just say hi, really quick hello. Hi. Okay. Mm-hmm. Very nice. That okay, a quick hi. All right. I think Wait, what's Scarlett's means? pick? Scarlett, uh right. Do you think the Knicks are gonna win their playoff series? Yes or no? Yes. And do you think they'll win it in four, five, six, or seven games? Seven. Fucking kid's smart. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you. <laughs> she really is. <laughs> <laughs> that eye test. There you go. The eye test. Yeah. Oh, goodness. All right. On that note, Jeremy, anything else from you? Um, yes. She's
3: yes. I will say so. Uh, yes. I had a bill piece. We're pushing it back because it makes more sense when the numbers come out. Um, but I do want, just want to say for those of you who are on Nick's Twitter um, or you listen to Nick's fan TV, um, you know. Keep Alex Trotteros in your thoughts. Uh, He's had a rough couple weeks with COVID and his family members. uh, We're thinking about Alex. Much love. And, uh, yeah, just, uh, you know, again, like, this has been such a rough year that being able to enjoy all of this um, makes it feel somewhat sweeter, at least personally for me, hopefully for all of you. But, yeah. Uh,
2: I did not know that. Shout out to Alex, who is a friend friend of the pod. Um, He's awesome and a very, very good guy. Um so this is what I get for not having much time to scroll on Twitter anymore. Um yeah, shout out to Alex for sure. Um I'll plug uh Jeremy wrote a great piece if you haven't already seen it about Julius Randall's uh contract situation. It is uh the definitive piece on the options that he has moving forward, which Hey, guess what? He's now the best player on a four seed uh, and is about to make an all NBA team and uh, win most approved player. And um, his uh, contract situation is going to become a thing that uh, everybody listening to this should certainly be interested in moving forward. Um, Andrew, anything else before we go?
1: I promise we did not talk about this before the pod, but Alex, I just went on his pod this past week, the Knicks, Jets, et cetera and then they delayed like promoting the second episode because of what happened and so that was going to be my last thing um oh, okay we are you know as a nicks twitter world we're a family and alex kid sure uses nicks twitter family so shout out to alex from your nicks film school family
2: uh we're thinking about you buddy and uh on that note anybody out there you know let's close with this i had a lot of people um especially in the live streams um over the course of the last couple of days and also people who submitted contributions to the newsletter, talking about what this playoff, uh, you know, birth means to them. Um, note how, um, Jeremy, Andrew, um, Chris, myself, we've, we've all, um, you know, been helpful to, to people get through, you know, the, this year plus from hell, so uh to anyone out there listening who who has had it rough, and I think all of us have had it rough in various ways while all of this has been going on, um, on many fronts. Um, just know that like you got you got people here who are uh with you in spirit. Um, we are a family, all of us. And um, you know, tomorrow's gonna be better. Um, and and I believe that. I live that mentality every day. And uh you yeah. We'll, we'll, we will continue to get through this together in one piece. And on that note, um, cheers to this, yes, cheers, cheers to, uh, Jeremy. Um, and we will see you with um, an episode next week, in which uh, I am pretty sure we're going to be talking about an next playoff game. I don't think they're going to schedule them at the ten o'clock game on Sunday.
3: Knocking on wood. And hopefully, it's an afternoon game, based <laughs> on uh, what Breen and, and Clyde were saying. Um, Is that what did they say? Did I miss that? Yeah, I think they said something like well, it's now 9-1 in afternoon games.
2: Oh, I yeah. Think. Oh, God. I yes, yes, yes. Okay, so, yes. Yeah, ho- hopefully it will be an afternoon game. That would be fantastic. All right. Um, we will uh, talk to you then and everybody have a good week in the meantime.